0: When I was a couple weeks short of my 70th birthday, I started thinking about my mother's mother, who lived to be 100, and her mother, who lived to be 102, and my father, who lived to be 90, longer than anyone we had ever heard of in his family. I began to think that maybe our generation could be the first to routinely live to be 100. When I talked about this at family dinner one night, my granddaughter, who was five, said,
1: What are you going to do for the next 30 years, Grandpa? Grandpa. Hello, I'm Dr. Janet Price.
0: And I'm Greg Kalust. And we are
1: Oldish. And this is our podcast, Oldish. If you're oldish or know someone who is, please join us every week for conversations amongst ourselves
0: and our special guests
1: about what it means to be oldish in the 21st century.
0: If you ever wonder whether you're getting old, you're oldish. What are you going to do for the next 30 minutes?
1: hi i'm janet and i'm oldish
0: hi i'm greg and i'm oldish welcome to this episode of our podcast oldish conversations on aging in the 21st century today we're going to talk just the two of us about something that was stimulated by a podcast that i listened to last week by cj johnson who was the pickleball coaching partner Of Tony Roig, and anyone who's listened to our podcast has heard me mention their names more than once. I kind of think of them as my pickleball gurus in a lot of ways. I'm really pleased about the way they talk about the game as a way towards self improvement, not about a way toward winning. And they relate it to life and life being about self improvement and growth as a person and so on. And they talk about that quite a bit. And their podcast is called Pickleball Therapy. And they approach things from the point of view of helping you to learn how to think about playing and what the important aspects are of playing. So last week, CJ Johnson did a podcast in which she talked about negative self-talk. That's when you're out on the pickleball court and you're saying to yourself, what's wrong with you? You missed that shot again? Or What's wrong with you? How come you can't make that shot? And you're saying things like that to yourself repeatedly. Once in a while is okay. But if you're saying it to yourself repeatedly, that's what we mean by negative self-talk. And CJ framed it in a way that I found really useful because when I hear me doing it, I don't like it. And when I hear my playing partners doing it, I don't like it because it's pointless for one thing. So CJ asked the question if your friend talked to you the way you talk to you would they still be your friend would you keep them around if they kept saying to you what's wrong with you what are you stupid can't you hit the ball it's a simple shot why do you keep missing the simple shots why can't you hit that ball in bounds what why do you miss that lob shot what? All of these things that people say to themselves, and I hear it a lot on the court. People say to themselves over and over again this negative self talk. If a friend of yours talked to you that way, would they still be your friend or would you never speak to them again? And I think it's the latter. So why are you talking to yourself that way? It's not helpful. It doesn't make you feel better. What you've already won, as TJ and Tony say over and over again if you're upright, and you're playing pickleball and you're oldish, you already won. So, what do you care if you made that shot or not? Of course, you want to play your best, but nobody makes every shot. So, why are you berating yourself for missing a shot? So, what do you think of that?
1: So, I was just thinking as you're talking, Greg, about play when I'm playing pickleball with my oldish friends and how in the best of situations, When someone doesn't hit the ball in the way they wanted to, i.e. they lose the point, it goes out of bounds, it hits the net, that there's this immediate sense of something. You know, that's not what I wanted to happen. And then usually the person walks back to the position they need to be in for the next volley. And most of the time it's gone. It's like dissipated. And now you're ready for the next volley. So I was thinking about the practice of letting go and how pickleball gives us this opportunity over and over and over again, that we hit the ball, if it doesn't go the way we had hoped it did, we walk back to our position and we let it go and we get ready for the next one. As long as that negative self-talk doesn't come in or it doesn't come in and and last very long, it's gone. It's like waves that goes back in the ocean. And what an amazing opportunity at any age, but how amazing that we, being oldish, don't have to hold on to either the way we hit the ball at that moment or anything else, that any kind of negative self-talk, that even in our oldishness, we're not too old to practice that and to feel yes. the wonderful experience yeah, of letting go. Experience. Is really
0: um, let- it's also very important in terms of, are you going to play the game well? Because if you don't let go, I think everyone has seen this experience. If you don't let go, if you're still thinking about the shot that you missed the last shot or two shots ago, and you still haven't let go, you're going to get hit in the head with a ball because you're not paying attention to the ball that's coming at you. You're not... You're not in the moment where the game is being played, and you're not going to do that one well either. Greg, so, I
1: think you might have a story about that. Did, did something like that happen to you recently?
0: <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact, it did. I was playing, actually, I had one of the best days I've ever had as a pickleball player a couple of weeks back, and I I was just playing remarkably well. And my playing partners and my opponents were commenting on it, partially because it was surprising that I was <laughs> I was. Playing well. And at one point, somebody hit a lob in my direction. And just as an aside, I think it's really funny that people continue to try to hit lobs over my head. I'm six foot seven. And even without jumping, if I raise my paddle all the way over my head, it's probably somewhere in the vicinity of 10 feet off the ground. And it's not easy, it's, you, you know, and people comment on it. Oh, you can't lob over his head, but people keep trying it. I don't really understand why. And But anyway, so um, in this particular instance, on a day that I've been playing really well, making shots I often miss, somebody hit a lob in my direction, and I took a half step backward, got myself in position, swung my paddle at it and missed it completely, and it bounced off the top of my head. So a total whiff of that wiffle ball, and it bounced off the top of my head, which I thought was hilarious. And I looked around, and the people I was playing with thought was hilarious. And then I heard some noises, and I looked around, and other people had seen it happen. And they thought it was hilarious, and a couple people thought that it was an ideal opportunity to give me a shot, you know, give me a little dig. And uh, it was great. You know, it was probably the best thing that
1: happened on the courts all that day. That was an opportunity where it could have turned into negative self-talk. Could have easily turned. But into instead, negative you
0: thought self-talk. it was funny. Was yeah, it, it was. It was funny. Yes, I, I like to transform the negativity into positivity whenever possible. When I'm playing, I I just praise everything because every miss, I'm of the opinion, especially if I missed the ball, it's because you made a really good shot. So. I'll just say that. If you hit a shot that I should have hit, it was a really good shot. Of course I didn't hit it. Great shot, Janet. Well done. Mm-hmm. Um, if, and sometimes if I if I miss hit a shot, I do this fairly often, I hit pop-ups. Everybody in pickleball hits pop-ups. The other day I heard Tony Roig say that actually the point of the game is to get your opponent to hit a pop-up so that you can hit a putaway away shot. And you think about it. There's a whole lot of points happen on pop-ups, and if there weren't for pop-ups, nobody would ever. Well, that's not true. Nobody would ever score a point. But when Can I hear that,
1: pop-up is.
0: Oh, well, pop-up is if if you hit the ball up above the waist of the person that you're hitting it to, so that they have a clear shot above the net. It usually produces a a hard shot down at your feet because the ball was up high enough for them to do that. If you hit a soft shot or a shot that's below the person's waist or the level of the net, it's way harder to get the ball up past the net without your shot being a pop-up. So it makes it easy for your opponent to hit the ball back wherever they want because usually a pop-up isn't going very fast. It's just going up. Um, So fairly often when I hit a pop-up these days and a return shot comes back at my feet or at my partner's feet or down the middle or whatever, I frequently will turn to my opponent and say, "How was that? Was that high enough? Was that about the right level for you to hit that shot back?" Because I'm trying to get it to you, and <laughs> um, so <laughs> wasn't a, wasn't a bad shot on my part. I was just trying to give you an opportunity because it's cooperative game. So excessively positive self talk might be a problem too, but but the negative self talk is never helpful, and as usual. I think it converts from the game of pickleball to real life. And I know that in your work, you, you hear a lot of negative self-talk and a lot of my life was negative self-talk. One of my pet names for myself used to be you F an idiot. And I said that out loud once in front of a friend of mine. And she said, you know, you shouldn't say that because it's not respectful to actual idiots. (laughs) So I actually stopped doing that because of that, that, um, yeah, I took that one. I took that's that one. That really to heart.
1: qualifies as negative self talk. That's for sure. It's about as
0: negative self talk as you can get. And I was, you know, that's how I talked to myself for years. I think pickleball helped me get away from that. And it's it's never useful. I mean, a little bit of self criticism is not a bad thing, especially if you're doing something important. You could do a better job next time. But the negative self talk often turns into, "You messed up again." You're a useless person. And that's not helpful.
1: Yes. Well, there can be so many variations. Like, look at me, I'm the worst person on the, on the court right now. And the, why did I miss that shot? I always get it. What's wrong with me? But I really appreciate what you said earlier about what if someone talked to you the way you talk to yourself? What would you think of that person? Would you think they were being kind? Would you think they were being incredibly mean and hurtful? Probably the latter. Mm -hmm. So why do we do that to ourselves? What we would never treat anyone else that way, let alone expect someone, allow someone to treat us that way, but we treat ourselves that way. Yeah.
0: Somebody else that I quote a lot on the podcast is Pema Chodron, um, and her training starts from be kind to yourself. If if your goal is enlightenment through compassion and kindness, feel compassion for yourself. Express compassion to yourself. Feel yes. kindness toward yourself. Yes. This being human is not an easy deal. So be kind to yourself and that's a good place to start from. Pickleball is a good place to learn this stuff, I think. Partially because there's no real serious consequences.
1: Well, it's like play. And the last guests we had on were talking about play. I encourage you to listen to that episode. Pat and Melinda, (laughs)
0: and we're talking about their book, The Curious History of Pickleball.
1: Yes. And we are talking about play. And so I'm thinking about that right now as far as if you think about children playing, they go out to the, used to, go out to the neighborhood backyard or field and just wander in and join the game and do well, don't do well, kick the ball, hit the ball. And, and the enjoyment is that we you all gathered together on an afternoon and did this. And this is our version of play as adults. You know, we get to go out and converge on a pickleball court and play together. One of
0: the places where I think the negative talk starts. And we were talking earlier, I think we're more or less in agreement that the negative self-talk voice is often somebody else's voice. And when we were kids, we would go to the park or out in the street or wherever there was a place for kids to gather, and we would play games, many of which we would make up on the spot. But then around the late 1950s, People started making leagues for kids, and there was Little League Baseball and Pop Warner Football and Floridora Field Hockey and just leagues. And now kids don't go out and play, they go to practice or they go to their games, and there are coaches who are adults with their own agendas or, or whatever else, and many of them are about, you did that wrong. You can't play first base anymore because you're not good at it. You can't do that. You're not good at it. You can't play goalie anymore because you're not good at it, and the ball keeps going past you, and what's wrong with you? Or you can't, you know, whatever it is. And so there's this coaching voice that compares you to an imaginary ideal, which never did exist. And there's this voice of authority that compares you to that in a negative way, under the guise of being a coach or a teacher. And the reality is, if a teacher talked to you that way, that teacher would not have their job very long, and you would never learn how to speak French. So that voice, oftentimes, and it could be a coach's voice, it could be a parent's voice, and sometimes in the distant past, those kinds of things are kind of mushed up together, and our parents were our first life coaches, so to speak teaching us how to do things, and that's where that voice comes from is, I think, somebody else who is trying to teach us, perhaps well-intentioned, and I don't want to say anything negative about those people. The very high percentage of those people were well-intentioned. But earlier you were talking about babies don't have that. Toddlers don't have that. They don't have that voice in the back of their head. They'd never learn how to walk if a baby fell down three times and said, "Damn, yes. I'm no good at this, I'm not going to do it anymore." How would that baby learn how to walk? But they, they do. do there's no voice, there's adventure, there's play, there's yes, there's an opportunity to learn there's an opportunity to climb up on the couch and throw cheese at the dog eh, whatever um, <laughs> that must be a voice from my childhood. <laughs> Rick,
1: stop throwing yeah, so cheese maybe, at the dog. You're never anyway. You're not a good th- th- cheese thrower. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Well, it makes me think about that as those voices get into our heads, and then we translate that into our own voice, telling us negative self-talk. And then we have our adulthood to try to recognize that and I was going to say silence those voices. Sometimes it's hard to silence them, but at least mute them at times. And then here we are as oldish people still trying to be our best selves, still working at that, our lifelong journey. And uh, that part of that is is letting go of the, the negative talk. Whether it's on the pickleball court or anywhere else. I just went to a training for therapists. I went to a a workshop about working with people in therapy who are oldish. And the list of things that were presented as what we need as we're aging, they are all things that we can experience on the pickleball court. So I just wanted to read them. There's about five. So it's looking for. Reduced isolation and loneliness, looking for cognitive stimulation, looking for physical health benefits, looking for a sense of purpose and fulfillment, and adaptation to life changes. And just remember that we were not talking about pickleball in that workshop. We were just talking about parts of life that are very important throughout life, and especially as we're aging. So Pickleball provides that. We find that in other ways, but we need as oldish people to be looking for those pieces in our lives.
0: Yes. And looking for them with kindness in our hearts, toward ourselves and our playing partners and our life partners and whoever we happen to run into, because they're all doing negative self-talk too. So we just be kind. Yes. Jana, once again, that was a, a really fun conversation. And not just laughter, but I think meaningful communication in it. I actually just learned some stuff talking with you about this stuff. And that always happens. These conversations that you and I have, I, I the highlights of my week. And I look forward to seeing you again and talking with you again next time.
1: And I'll just say ditto to all that you just said. I learned things. And as we talk, I enjoy this time we've been together. And I especially enjoy knowing that we have listeners who are oldish themselves or have people in their lives that are oldish. And that hopefully this is helpful for all of our listeners as well. Bye, everybody. Till next time.
0: That's it for now. Thanks for listening. We enjoyed our visit and hope you did, too. C.J. Johnson and Tony Roig are BetterPickleball.com. Their podcast is Pickleball Therapy. If you play pickleball, you should get to know them. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Stay tuned, and don't whiff the lobs. You can leave comments or requests for topics or guests on this or other episodes at www.oldish.me. There's a link there, too, If you've wondered how you can help support our podcast, if you like what you heard today, please tell a friend and rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.